This is E-Retailer Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. Now the host of E-Retailer Conversations with Principal of Profits Solutions, here's your host, Tom Shea, and co-host, Bill Kendi. Oh, welcome, everybody. My gosh, 8 o'clock at night, I look to see how... Right, it is outside, and think, oh my gosh, is this? Yes, it's still somewhere out there, and uh, we get down a few months down the line, we're going to find that it's pitch dark out there at eight o'clock, and it seems like right now we ought to be outside, relaxing, and enjoying. But uh, that being said, all of you have taken the time to come and join us for the program tonight. Thanks for doing so. We have been doing the show for eight years now, and we make a commitment to you uh, that we find experts in all areas of small business management. We invite them to come and be a part of the program, share with you information that is of benefit to you. These folks who come and be a part of the program, they are donating their time and services to be a uh, part of it, and we provide you with uh, information to how to get hold of them if you want to ask them uh, additional questions, and that will be the same for tonight. So let's see. Let me first take care of the... Um, the necessary stuff. It, this is August 11, 2016, e-retailer conversation. And tonight's session, as is most all of them, is being recorded. It's going to be on the ProfitsPlus.org website in two formats, an MP3 for those who want to uh, download it to an iPod or other similar device. And it will be uh, available as a click and listen so that you can hear the thing just uh, straight from your computer at some point in time whether that be on your laptop, your desktop, or on your phone, however it's best for you to listen to it, that will be there. So I expect sometime later tonight as Bruce Giroux, our information stud from Orlando, Florida, uh, gets to do the necessaries to uh, massage the information. Uh, during the course of the evening, we monitor things such as the Facebook, and we uh, also watch our emails. So that if during the time there is a question because of something our guest says that you would like to ask additional information, 
you can jump in and do so. Okay, that's uh, everything covered. I'm ready for a break at that point. Ah, but not so. It's time to take and start the program, and the first thing we always do is to invite our co-host in, uh, who's up there somewhere, I think, in Michigan tonight. Bill Kendi, are you there? I'll be here, and it's oh. just as hot in Michigan as it is in Florida, Tom. Somewhere in the 90s, yeah, yes. Good. Yeah, Summer it is like good. 97 here today. It's just amazing. Oh, well, it's better in February. Let me put it like that. Uh, but when we get to next month, uh, it'll be a little darker at this time at night and uh, perhaps a few degrees cooler. And the friends listening in Canada will be saying something about how it uh, uh, is already cooling down quite a bit, and some of them in the far north of Canada will be telling us about how they've already started to see the first snow. I've, uh, in watching Canadian football, have seen people already wearing sweatshirts and going, Ooh, that's a long way from what we're wearing down here right now. Yeah, I know. I, you know, we both have a mutual friend, Randy, from NSSF, who can, reminds me that he was watching, uh, he used to live in Montana, and he said on one of the fourths, he, uh, he were watching fireworks and then started snowing. Figure good. that one out. Yeah. Oh, good for him. So we've got a good program tonight, right, sir? Pardon me. I say we've got a good program tonight. We do. And, uh, you know, for anybody that's is an independent business person, um, I always say that making money is a challenge, but the hard part is making sure you have positive cash flow. And to that end, uh, our speaker tonight um, is a person, you know, you're going to be introducing him, but let me just do a little pre-intro that uh, has tons of financial experience, and we're going to talk about something that should be incredibly near and dear to any independent business person's art. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and yet, I, as we talked about it last month, it's something that, uh, as we've done the program for eight years, it was like, oh, my gosh, we've never talked about this. And you know, Tom, I was only 23 when we started doing this. And you've aged that much over the eight years. This is challenging. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So I have a, uh, uh, a different type of introduction for our guest tonight. I, I went out looking at and I do so because uh, we're going to talk about banking and the relationship that a business owner has with a, a bank, a lending institution. And I find that in where I'm teaching – that people struggle with a relationship with a banker. They see banks as being little more than a place where you deposit your funds. Maybe you allow them to process your credit cards for them, and you use them to um, write checks. I mean, for some of the uh, situations where we're still writing checks, if we're not paying uh, uh, certain bills online, so it's something that we're not familiar with. How could we possibly have a good relationship with a banker? And as we will discuss with tonight's guest, it's very different than it was years ago. I, I can remember long ago, not far away, uh, a friend who was manager of a grocery store. And we had a store in some shopping center. And I remember him calling over to the gentleman who was the uh, here in Florida at that point in time, we did not have branch banking. It was, it was not allowed by law. Every branch had to be its own individual bank. 
even though they could be owned by the same parent company, each building was a separate bank. And this gentleman's name was Bud, so he wasn't a branch manager. There were no branches. He was the president of this bank. And the gentleman who owned the grocery store, his name was Mickey, and uh, Mickey called over to Bud one day and said, um, I'm going on vacation next week, but our uh, bonus check that we're going to get doesn't come to like three-quarters of the way through my vacation, and I could use some money. And Bud says, okay, Mickey, how much money would you like? And Bud said, well, say $3,000. Bud says, okay, uh, do you have one of the uh, baggers, this particular grocery store chain, you know, had people who bagged and carried your groceries out to the car for you. Uh, you have one of your baggers coming over this afternoon to pick up change. And Mickey said, yes. Bud says, fine, uh, I'll just put it in a sealed bag and I'll, I'll hand it to the bag boy and have him bring it over to you, okay? And it's like, okay, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't work like that in banking anymore. Things have changed, and that's going to be a part that we need to ask our guest about tonight as to uh, not why did it change, but what are, what is changing in the banking relationship? All right, so let's go. I really worked hard on this, um, this introduction. Let me see if I can get it done right. Let's see. Here we go. <laughs> There is a dimension, a fifth dimension, beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It's an area which we call the banking zone. And with that being said, the banking zone, this is my friend, my friend who I have known for more than 30 years. He is um, vice president for the west coast of Florida uh, of a bank called Regions. And Regions is located in 16 states as far west as Texas, over through Arkansas, uh, a little bit up into Illinois, over, draw the line around, come around down Virginia, saturate all that space in between there. Uh, and my friend has, uh, I've done lots of business with him. I consider him a very good friend, as does Marilyn. My wife considers him a close friend. And um, he has um, done, a, done a lot for us. I mean, uh, just to show you the close relationship, I told him I'm sitting in the office tonight, and I said, Remember when we talked one night and I was trying to think of a color to paint my office and you picked the color for me? So uh, not that bankers do this all the time, but this banker did pick the color uh, for my office just because he happens to be very talented. And my friend's name is Scott Newberger. Scott, are you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Good. Well, thanks for uh, coming over and spending the evening with us to... Uh, talk about banking them. Sorry to use the uh, twilight zone on you. Just, but I, I think that's a, a, a bit of the issue, that people struggle to understand what a relationship can be between them and the bank and the banking individual that's uh, assigned to their account and, uh, and just how a bank could be of value. You want to throw uh, an opening comment or two to that? Sure, Tom. Thank you. And I, it's my pleasure to be here with you tonight. Um, banks offer the same similar products and services, and the difference is, as Tom was mentioning earlier, is your relationship with the banker. 
not really with the bank, but the person who's going to take care of you and the person who's going to help you in your financial needs and help you with financial planning. So it's very important to have a relationship with a banker, whatever bank is that, have a relationship with a banker that can help you and guide you and um, be there for you when you need them. So would perhaps in the first comment you make be that when a business decides to open an account at a, a bank, going past that person who sits at one of the front desk that is the customer service person and does the necessary, sir, how big a check do you want to write to make a deposit? What kind of checks do you want? Uh, as a person owning a small business, you need to go past that step right there at the beginning? You, you can have a relationship with that person because in today's bank, those people sitting at the desk can do a lot more than they did when I first started in banking. So a lot of them can help you if you want, if you're a small business and you want to apply for a line of credit or if, the, if you have other interests than just opening a checking account. If it's outside of their expertise, then they, they will refer you to a business banker or a branch manager or someone who, who has more expertise in that field that can guide you better with more difficult situations that you may encounter. Mm -hmm. So somewhere down the line, uh, a person who owns a business may have a need to have a, have a more than just a, a checking account relationship with a bank. I mean, if you're ever thinking about expanding your business in any shape, form, or fashion, or if you are foreseen because you are calculating and using the cash flow tools that we teach people to use and you see a problem coming out on the horizon, um, you should have this kind of relationship well in advance to where you know who they are and they know who you are. Definitely. That's definitely true, Tom. You want to you wanna have that relationship and you, and you want to have things prepared for when you do need them. A good example that I use when I was a branch manager with clients is in Florida, we have hurricanes and we have storms. You don't want to prepare for the hurricane after it's already here. You want to be prepared and have a line right. of credit and things that you could need in the future before you really need it. Kind of like the teaser that we put out in the announcement you were coming to be here at the program, that uh, uh, life insurance uh, and fire extinguishers and parachutes and a banker that you can work with are probably four things that you want to know where they are and how they work before you actually have a need for them. That is correct. Okay. So tell us then, uh, a person's walking into uh, a bank, maybe we've got someone listening tonight who, that as we visit says, I don't have that kind of relationship. I need to go looking. Maybe uh, we're sending you a customer tonight because it's someone in the territory of regions who says, I'm going to walk into a branch tomorrow and say, hey, I was listening to Scott Newberger from the west coast of Florida, and he said this is the kind of thing I, I need to find a bank that I can, I can work with. Uh, to that extent, I remember reading a report at one point that said when a business goes to a bank and establishes a checking account as their sole relationship with the bank, there's a 90% chance that they are going to at some point quit doing business with the bank. What you want to do is the bank wants to build a relationship with you, and you want to build a relationship with the bank. The more banks, banks have a lot of different products and services, as you were talking about insurance, investments, different things. So 
it's a kind of a one-stop shop now versus just opening a checking account. So they can do a lot of things for you that back, back 10, 15 years ago, banks couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Hey, Scott, um, you know, after the break, I want to ask you, uh, uh, from a small, independent, not necessarily small business perspective, what should a business owner look for when they make a decision to do business with a bank? Okay? Okay. Good point. All right, so with that being said, uh, quarter past the hour, first break, uh, our guest tonight from Regions Bank is Vice President Scott Neuberger, who covers the West Coast. So as we discuss things with Scott tonight, and you'd like to follow up, uh, I'm going to give you his phone number. He's located in this real tall building on the 31st floor over in downtown Tampa. Nice nice view, I must say, from the office. Uh, phone number is 813-226-1171. His... Uh, Email, if you would like to uh, write to Scott, uh, goes like this. And you got to listen carefully because you got to learn to spell his last name. Scott, S-C-O-T-T, dot, Neuberger, N-E-W-B-E-R-G-E-R, at regions.com. Uh, and I will tell you from personal experience, uh, if he's there, Scott does answer his own phone and does deal with his own customers. Okay, so that's the, telling you who we got, what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, somewhere here. Where it's, there we go. There's the, there's the message. This is E-Retailer Conversations on PBN, the Profitable Business Network. Okay, struggling to find that one. Let's see, move that little microphone out of the way a little bit there. Okay, uh, so Scott Newberger, let's let's talk about it. Uh, I'm going to come in as a small business owner. I'm going to look for a new bank. Tell me, uh, tell me where we need to go. Where how it needs to start. Well, you start as you said with the with the customer service. We call them personal bankers in the in the in the lobby of the branch. Nowadays, you can open things online. I feel that the businesses should establish a relationship with someone inside one of our brick-and-mortar buildings. That way, if you have any situations or any issues, they can help you and guide you through. Hey, Scott, I want to tell you right now, I can hear you perfect. You can hear me or you can't hear me? Oh, you're doing this well. Great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, what what about, I mean, what what should a independent business person let's say it's between you and another bank what should they use as a criteria to you know choose who they want to deposit and do business with my philosophy has always been if you have a connection with that banker like i said earlier banks offer the same products and services yeah whether it's a smaller bank or a bank like bank of america or wells fargo or chase yeah. We're a mid-sized bank, and we, we were locally managed. By, I report to the area president in West Florida, so we have our local management. So you want to build a relationship with that person. If you walk into a bank and, and they're trying to push products on you and not really asking you needs, what your needs are and what, what's good for you, that's not where you're going to build a relationship. You want to build a relationship, whether whatever bank it is, with someone who's going to ask you questions to know what your business is about and to know what you need. Yeah, you know, I'm going to kind of jump in here, Tom, but on that same line of thought, of, of Scott, on the, on the flip side of that, 
you know, just like you were saying, what you know, what a retailer or a small independent business guy should look for in a in a future bank. What do they need to be cognizant of? Because you've got to accept them as a customer. What should they bring to the table, and what kind of history, you know, did they present to you to get squarely, you know, get a, get a square deal, so to speak? Well, if you're opening a, a checking account, that's a very easy process because I think everyone on the phone has probably opened a checking account before. Well, when I know that. To, when you go to borrow money, it's, yeah. the regulations are different now, so you have to you have to prove your income. Stated income loans went away with with the financial crisis in the late 2000s. So you, the government requires now that banks prove someone's income to loan them money. So business owners, if you're borrowing for the business, you need your business tax returns and your current P&L. Like three years? Yes. Okay. If you're a business owner and you want to borrow money on your house, you want to do a mortgage or you want to, to do a line of credit on your home, then you would still need your business tax returns plus your personal tax returns. They require both. Oh, Okay. So, Scott, let me ask you this question. You and I had a conversation a uh, long time ago. And uh, in this particular conversation, I remember you making a comment about the number of people who, in handing in their financial statements to a banker, um, you're going to borrow money or whatever it is, um, for lack of, I mean, you know me, I can never put it in the politically correct words, but the short of it is, they lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. You're going to find that out, right? Right, because what we do is you would need to bring your tax returns and say that your tax returns were not legitimate tax returns. We have you sign a 40, the banks have you sign a 4506T, and they send it to the IRS to, to make sure that matches to your tax returns. Oh, so the idea is you can't sit at home and fake your personal or business tax return and say, here's what I sent to them because I'm going to sign a document that you can go to the IRS that says I, you get to see a copy of it, and you're going to look at it to see do the two copies match each other. Right. What it would be it would be the, the main page would match. It's not going to give us the, everything on your tax returns from the IRS. It will give, give us the main page, and that main page would need to match what you provided. Okay. So now for people who are small business owners, and uh, for those in Canada, you have four different legal entities that your business can be, of which there's, for the most part there's only three that you would really use. But in the United States, we have six legal entities, and starting with the simplest being a sole proprietor and perhaps the most complex being that of a, a C corporation. And we've got various things in between. So in this case, you're going to be looking to see the corporate tax return, but you're also going to want to, from the standpoint of who the uh, owner is, you're going to want to see their personal financial statement. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Even if it's a C-Corp, Scott? What was that, Bill? Even if it is a C-Corp? They will, if you're borrowing for the business, it'll be the business tax returns. If you're borrowing personally and you're a business owner. No, no. Right. But I mean, it, an LLC or a subchapter us is handled different, you know, that different than the C corporation. I wondered if that was any difference in the rules. If you're 20% or more owner of the C corp, then you would yeah. have to supply.
identify those tax returns. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. That's a new law. It's called the, Bil the Ability to Repay Law, and it's mm -hmm. with the Dodd-Frank Act. And it's um, anyone can Google it and look it up. It's a has a lot of information, but it's on. It's a, called the ability to be the ability to repay law. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So and that's your, yeah. Go ahead, Tom. And that's for a three-year time period. On the personal side, we ask for two. Two. On okay. Side, on the business side, they ask for three years of the business tax returns and the current. Oh, tax returns. Yeah. Okay. So, if an individual owns a business in whatever format it is, sole proprietor, S-Corp, C-Corp, LSC, partnership, whatever, um, would you want to see as a banker, would you want me to be handing you a financial statement every year just to say I'm not borrowing money right now, but I just kind of want to keep you up to date with who I am and what's going on? Good point. Um, no, if, if you're not, it's a, it's a very good question, but if you're not borrowing money, we really don't need to see it. Uh, the only time that we would ask for that is if you were requesting to borrow money from the bank. Okay. So tell me your experience, your feeling, or perhaps, a, again, we're looking at Regions Bank, your policy, your procedure with regard to uh, a person decides in their business, I need to borrow money, whether it's, I got an opportunity to get a really good deal on something, piece of equipment for my business, additional inventory, or I'm, I'm looking at buy, opening or buying another location. Um, the person who starts out with that individual in the bank that they first meet, in anticipation that you're going to borrow this money at some point, should you already be in advance ratcheting up the relationship and getting to the, the uh person at the next level, the uh, whatever it is that person's called in the Regions Bank uh, lingo? Yes, you would want to do that. If you have any plans within the next year or two to borrow money, you would want to, to talk to a business banker. That's what we call them, the people that handle small businesses. Talk to a business banker. If it's a smaller amount of money, a branch manager can handle it, but you want to build a relationship with either the branch manager or the business banker. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, what, okay. kind of, what kind of collateral... Um, you know, let's just make the assumption that's not a, not a sole proprietorship or, a, you know, partner proprietorship. Let's say it's a, it's a you know, a subchapter S or LLC in a book. You know, what kind of collateral would a business have to have, like 20% of what they wanted without trying to, how can I put this, guys, without trying to, you know, uh, put in jeopardy my personal assets, like your home or whatever. You know, if you had a business that was, you know, some sort of corporation, and you want to borrow hundred thousand dollars, what would what would the bank typically kind of be looking at? I'm assuming you assess the risk also, big time, right? Correct. That's, that's correct. Well, according to your to your liquidity and your credit score, yeah. we offer, and I think most banks do. We we will offer based on your credit and your income an unsecured line of credit if you yeah. want to purchase a car or anything like that, then of course that would be the collateral. If you're buying a building for your business, that would be, the building would be the collateral, but then we, were, we would require like a 20% down. Okay. 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 So now, uh, let me ask this question, Scott, in uh, a person who's going to borrow this money as Bill was describing there. 
would I be correct in thinking one of the first things that you're going to look at using an accounting term is current ratio? Oh, debt to income. Debt to income. Debt, all right, debt to income, but and current, will you look at current ratio? What do you mean by current ratio? Current ratio is I, I go to your balance sheet, I take the total of all of your current assets, I compare that to the total of all your current liabilities. That would be what would we find on your P&L, and, and we, would, we would use that to show your liquidity, that you have, you have assets more than what your debts are. That helps you for, for if you're borrowing, especially for unsecured. But if you have extremely strong credit, and you have a good you have a good profit and loss sheet and, and liquidity, then a lot of times you can do it with just your signature. So this would be a good time to tell people that um, if you're going to borrow money, when you when you do go to borrow money, it's not a quick, easy walk in and uh, sign a two-page document that says IOU Regions Bank in this case of an example $100,000 and here's how I agree to pay it to you. What you have is a, a stack of documents which could run 20 to 50 pages long and all those pages are called covenants and the covenants are the rules that you are agreeing as to how you're going to operate your business and the information what type of information and when you're going to deliver the information to the lender to them to do a evaluation and the purpose of their evaluations for them to feel comfortable uh, that the lending relationship is is still valid is that pretty good for a summary Scott yes that's correct what was that term Tom covenants covenants that's what I thought you said all right well, yeah, well, after the break, you know, I'd like to ask Scott, um, give you about 30 seconds to think about this, Mr. Scott. Like, what is the place of a, uh, a lot of business people that they say, I have a strategic uh, business plan. I have a business plan in my head. I don't have it on paper. I wanna, I'd want i like to address that, Tom, after we do our little break here. Okay, our bottom of the hour break, okay. So it's at 29 minutes past the hour. Uh, let's see, our guest tonight from Regions Bank. He is Vice President for the West Coast of Florida. His name is Scott Newberger. And uh, information to get to Scott to ask banking questions. His phone is 813-226-1171. His email, scott.newberger, N-E-W, B-E-R-G-E-R, -E at regions, R-E-G-I-O-N-S, dot com. All right, so I asked Scott uh, beforehand, give me some hints, some picking up music, and uh, I had never heard of this performer before. Uh, and he tells me that when they are having meetings that uh, at Regions, this is a song that he really likes. Uh, and I, as I listen to it, uh, and we're only going to play the first 90 seconds of it. But past listening to who the singer is, uh, listen to the words, and it just it is really neat. And um, I would give it as a testimonial to Scott and the way that he conducts himself as a banker. And I, I've gone through lots of years as a small business owner, 
with banking relationships that some have been good and some have been horrible. Um, and you have to, as a business owner, you have to work hard to find you a Scott Newberger. You have, it's, it's a challenge. To, and they're just not all sitting out there. I, I, my, my little sad personal story was many years ago, we borrowed from a bank some money to buy the first computer system for our store. Um, $27,000 was the cost to automate the entire business. And uh, my father had said, well, you know, here we are. We've moved from one part of Florida to another, and we really ought to get a good relationship with a bank here because they, we didn't have the things like Wells Fargo, Bank of America at this point in time. You just had banks that would be local to a particular county at that point. So you could have countywide branch banking, but you couldn't have statewide. So we took and went to the bank and said, we're going to buy a CD for it from you, certificate of deposit, $30,000, and uh, put the money in, bought the certificate of deposit, which we all know pays horribly. But we did so because it would allow us to get a very cheap rate of interest for it. And we say, well, why didn't you just go ahead and pay for the computer system? We needed this business in a new county to begin to build up uh, a reputation with the banker. So this was our way of doing it. Sad part was it came to a point in time where the CD was for renewal. And I called several banks to say, what is the rate of return you're going to offer us on the CD? And I got the numbers from several people. And when I called to speak to this bank, this particular person was out, our personal banker. And his assistant asked what we were looking for. And I said, this is what I'd like to know. And this person gave me, here's where our interest rate is. Lo and behold, I get a call several days later from the banker who says, so I understand you've been out shopping interest rates on this CD that you're looking at other places. I mean, that was correct, but it was the assumption made from the call when I asked how much. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, then let me ask you this question. If, if you're not going to put the CD back here at our bank, what are you going to do to secure the loan? And I said, well, let me ask you this question. How much do I owe you on this loan, this, you know, this $27,000 I borrowed from you? How much money do I owe you right now? And he looks it up and comes back, and the answer was less than $1,000. And I was like, you're kidding me, right? You want, I've been with you all this time. My deposits are bigger than $700 every day, which was that, the loan amount. Uh, and you want to know how I'm going to secure the balance on a $700 loan in uh, the banking relationship. Does, doesn't work like that. All right, so that being said, that story, uh, this is Scott's song. Okay.
Sorry, that's uh, singers. Uh, named Heather Small. And then the song is is proud, and I, I thought it was kind of neat that this Scott tells me that he plays that song when when he has meetings, and the, you know the line that you hear in there is "What have you done today to make you feel proud?" And you know I I compliment my friend Scott at this point, uh, and that there have been times where there have been transactions that I've wanted to do, and Scott works hard to make the transaction happen. He he. He's also, he's detailed. Uh, he takes care of little nuances of things to make things happen the way they should. Uh, this is the kind of person that I tell people, you want this kind of individual to be your banker. You want this to be the person that goes, yeah, they're working for me. This is a, not someone that is a part of my staff that I'm paying them. This is a person who takes and works hard to make my business happen. Uh, kind of like when we've had a, our favorite accountant on here, like Mike McCormick. And I, I quiz people to say, you know, you want an accountant who works hard, who's in your corner to help you do things because running a business is tough and the banker should be on your side. Right, Scott? Exactly. You want someone to work hard for you. And, and that song, as Tom said, does mean a lot to me, and we do play it in some of our meetings because it, 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 to me it inspires, it inspires the people around us, and we, we all come to work and we want to do something to make us proud of what we do to help people every day that come into our bank. And the thing is that you know, the bank needs you to be successful, that's the only way they grow is you being able to pay it back. And, and hopefully that we as individuals want our businesses to grow. Uh, and then we also have a situation where those of us are saying, I'm going to retire, I want to sell. And we would have need of a bank to help set up uh, the situation for the person to buy our business uh, and to advise us in, as we are selling the business to another individual so that we are minimizing the tax liability that we're going to be facing in our business uh you know no one wants uh, for those of us here in the states no one's wanting uncle sam to take any more out of our pocket than he absolutely has to take out of our pocket when we go to sell our business so uh, we need the banker to take and help us make this thing work right right bill well, well yeah yeah uh, it, that's a great point tom but before we get into the exit, because I can kind of sense we're going that way, which is a completely wonderfully uh, sensical point. But Scott, as I started to bring up before the break, you know, how what what import is a business plan to a banker for an independent business guy? I mean, as I said, a lot of independent business people say, "Well, I have a, you know, I'm I've been I've been going for 40 years and I'm doing fine. Why do I need a written business plan?" From a banker's perspective, and Tom, you know this better, probably better than I do. From a from a banker's perspective, how important is a written business plan for a business for a, 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 a business plan is important to not only for the business owner but for the bank to see where you want to go, so we can help you and and be by your side to help you get there. Even if you're successful now and you're doing you're doing well, you may have one place and you want to have two. So a business plan of where you want to go in the future is good for your business banker to know so that they can they can work with you to get you to that goal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your job would be to sit down and actually read through the plan and look at it. 
Right, that's what a business banker would do with 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 the business owner. Okay. Well, John brought up a good point about Mike McCormick. You know, he's a wonderful accountant, and you know, a, a independent business person should have a relationship with an accountant, probably a tax person, and a banker. And how does a banker interact with those other two entities, or hope you know whatever it may be, Scott? When I worked in a branch and I was a branch manager, I interacted well with my um, client CPAs because they would need to give me the updated information and they had it versus the client. So the client would give me permission mm-hmm. to talk directly to the CPA. So I built a relationship with them. Yeah. Okay. So I would think that also it, with you doing that kind of work, it bodes well for you from the standpoint that that accountant is going to tell other people this is the banker that you want to talk to. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Correct. No, I mean, because after all, it, uh, I I see a lot of bankers out there that just absolutely throws me uh, as to what they don't do and how they don't help. Same thing like accountants. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's kind of you know, in my opinion, accountants are there to keep people in a, in compliance. Uh, and, and that can actually be said to tax professionals. Bankers, on the other hand, have to kind of look at all of that because you're the ones that are actually taking a risk. You know, there's assets on the table that you have to make sure are safeguarded. You know, obviously you're making interest. You're not, you're not a charity for, you know, you're not in business to give people money for nothing. But, you know, I mean, so, you know, you kind of, uh, your role, and Tom was talking about when you get to the point in life where you say, gee, I've done this for 47 years, I want to go do something else, I want to buy an island. <laughs> you know, well, how do you interact with all those people to make a transition, like Tom said, an exit strategy happen? We have, um, we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have most banks, especially the larger banks today, have people who specialize in every kind of area that you would that you would need such as insurance whether it's insurance for your house or insurance for life insurance or investments and 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 the state planning yeah well you know that brings up you brought up insurance don't mean to ramble here tom but it you know if somebody has like for example a key man insurance policy does what does a bank take that into consideration if they come in seeking a loan to expand or whatever the case may be. An insurance policy that has cash value? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, let's say that Tom wants to get a $100,000 loan and he's got a $500,000 life insurance policy on him. You know, I don't know whether it be term or full life or whatever, but would would, would the bank consider that in terms of granting some available funds? Um, only, only if it has a cash value to it. Oh, okay. Well, now let me ask this one, Scott. Would a bank, if if a person who owns a small business, say a family small business, is going to take and come and borrow money, and it's obvious that the small business is dependent upon this individual. Might someone like Regions come in and say, if this goes south, let's say it's a husband and wife team, and it's the wife who's the driving force of the business. I mean, she's the one who's got the brains and all. She knows how to operate the business. He's a part of it. 
would regions perhaps come in and say, we want a term life policy on her, so, of which we're the beneficiary, so that if something happens, we realize that she's kind of the, the brains, the operation, and we want this as a guarantee against our loan? Okay, you're you're, simp you're simply going to look for something that's that's got a, a true cash value to it on on hand right now. That uh, if the business goes south, as we would say, that you Correct. you've got a a collateral for the loan. Correct, and like I said earlier, if you have a really good credit and you have you want to borrow, we do do we do loans that are unsecured, which are quicker than doing long-term loans like you were talking about. That if you're buying a building or something like that, those are going to take time. But if you have, we have lines of credit and things for people that have strong credit and their business is doing well, that they that they have their lines of credit, or they can secure with their accounts receivable. No, no. Well, that brings okay. up. So if you've got if you've got X amount of dollars in receivables, you would use that as collateral against uh, advancement of funds, right or wrong? Yeah. Accounts receivable can be used as collateral. You get if you collateralize a loan, you're going to have a better rate than if it's unsecured. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's see. Eight forty-five at this point. Time for uh, last station break, and then we got to have our uh, talk about our guest for next month, and we got a few more questions we want to put before Scott tonight. This is the Profitable Business Network. And this is the Retailer Conversation for Thursday, August 11, 2016. I'm Bill Kendi from up in Michigan, Tom Shea here, and our guest, Scott Newberger, who's with us tonight from Tampa. Scott is Vice President for the West Coast of Florida for Regions Bank. Uh, you can find Scott at 813-226-1171. Uh, email is scott.newberger, N-E-W-B-E-R-G-E-R, -E -E at regions.com. And um, I can tell you from um, personal experience over the years, I could not give a higher recommendation for a banker than that of which I would give for my friend Scott, and that's why I picked him to come and be on the program to discuss banking. Uh, I think he goes the extra mile for those that he works with. I think that he is very knowledgeable. And uh, I, I like the fact that he's very detail-oriented and, and things are where they, where they should be when they should be there. Well, you know, Tom, before we get into additional questions to Mr. Scott, I want you to take a minute and listen to me. Remember, I'm an old dinosaur. And that kind of brings me to the asking you, I think our guest for next month is a business consultant. I think he wrote a book called, that is near and dear to my heart, just by his name, Listen to the Dinosaur. Would you like to, uh, <laughs> would you like to fill us in on that one, boss? Sure would. Our guest coming to join us for the first time at our September program is Dave Fellman. And uh, Dave is a, also an author. He's a, a very noted columnist, uh, written a lot of articles. He deals with aspects of sales and, and management topics. And, uh, well, Dave, are you out there? 
Yeah, I'm here, Tom. Well, great. Well, I thank you that you could take the time to sit in and listen with us tonight and give us a couple moments of your time. We're looking forward. You are a, a rookie on our program, and we appreciate that you could come and, and be with us. And Can you give our audience a, a little heads up as to when we get together at the September program, what are we going to get to talk about with you? Well, sure. But uh, first, I want to say that I'm excited about being a rookie. I turned 65 a couple of weeks ago, and... Uh, you know, the transition from uh, old guys till to be a rookie is kind of enjoyable. Well, okay. so what we're going to talk about, we'll talk about uh, a wide range of uh, issues that I think are important to many small businesses, many retail businesses. Um, I talk about uh, visibility, being more visible in the marketplace, making it easier for people to find you so they can buy from you. I talk about building a better, stronger team. I talk about uh, making the time to do the uh, things that you know you have to do to improve your business. Well, that sounds awesome. I know that uh, we've got a lot of people who will want to come listen to what you have to say and be taking a lot of notes to hear your take on it. I mean, to get someone who's got your area of expertise and experience, everyone will be so thrilled that you'll be with us. So, to everyone. Next month, you'll join us on a Thursday night at 8 p.m. We'll have an hour of Dave's time, and we'll be sending out a couple of email announcements to you ahead of time uh, so that you can send in your questions that we'll put before Dave Feldman for you. And, Dave, with that, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight. Looking forward to being on with you next month. And if you do go um, looking to see the book about the dinosaur that Bill's referring to, uh, you can find him at DaveFellman.com. It's D-A-V-E-F-E-L-L-M-A-N.com, DaveFellman.com. And currently, uh, with Dave's schedule, we are planning this to be Thursday, September 8th. Thursday, oh. September 8th. So um, let's look at a, a problem here. Okay, Scott? Person's got a business, have borrowed money. Uh, hopefully, they do use the um, cash flow that we teach. Yeah, the idea of an Excel chart that accurately projects here's what's going on in their business. But things happen that are out of people's control. Um, you know, example: I was writing an article today for some folks in the state of Wyoming, and in it, I was mentioning that. You and I and everybody else out there are just thrilled and elated that oil prices being what they are because it puts the price of gas down and we can go cruising along and, and save some money. But for the po folks in Wyoming, it creates several problems. Uh, yeah. On top of the problem they've got that it's becoming the uh, end of the tourist season. Uh, you know, not all the state of Wyoming goes skiing all year long. And... Uh, when this happens, the oil refineries, gas refineries, lay people off. There are fewer people coming into the town and living in the town, people who live, say, in Utah, Nebraska, Kansas, and have simply come to Wyoming for a job in the oil fields, the gas fields. Those people don't go to grocery stores as much. They don't go out to eat as much. They don't rent a place. They don't need clothes. Uh, they don't need a doctor. They don't need a dentist. They don't need a pharmacy. There's all these things that all of a sudden they don't need. And uh, things like this are just simply beyond a business's 
control. So what we may find is a situation where a bank saying, you know, we're running out of money here, and this is something we just, it's, you know, I don't want to say just not our fault, which it isn't. It's like this has happened, uh, to which someone were going to say, I'm not sure I can pay the loan that I've got. Or then I'm going to look at the business who's going to say, wow, this is a really neat opportunity because uh, there's a competitor here in the community who has sold these items, and it looks like they're going to close, and I could go over and buy their inventory from them. Or if they just shut the doors, it's an opportunity for me to expand my business. Uh, but I'm in an area that's got that's a tough, challenging economy. So as this type of scenario starts to happen, Scott, so that someone's just not afraid, like a kid being afraid going to the doctor, walk, walk us through it. What, what do they need to say? When, when do they need to say? What do they need to bring? Because... You know, maybe it's either the opportunity or it's a case of, hey, I owe this money to the bank and I can't pay it according to the terms. There's, I, I have, you have two questions for me there. One of them is if you get into a situation and you can't pay or you feel like you're strapped and you can't pay the loan, you want to talk to the bank before they talk to you. So call the bank, call their, call their, um, call their collections department or talk to your business banker if you have a business banker and say, look, I'm a little short um, right now, this is what's going on. I need to get with someone to maybe skip a payment, delay my payment, do a do a different term on my loans, do a workout. That's something you want to do ahead of time. Prior to the bank calling you and chasing you down, you're going to get a lot more cooperation if you come to them first. Mm-hmm. On that part. On the part where you may want to buy someone's business that are by their inventory that they may be closing shop goes back to what we talked about earlier in the program where you want to have that you want to have everything ready you want to be prepared if the hurricane comes you want to have everything before it hits so if you want to have your line of credit established or something that can give you that liquidity to go buy that inventory if that other business decides to close Mm -hmm. is there a guide to the time frame that if I I see a problem on the horizon. It may happen. It might not happen. Can you give any general, any broad terms as to here's how far in advance? If it, if, it's, if it hasn't happened yet, there's no need to talk to your banker. But if you know it's going to happen, like say we're in, we're, we're in almost the middle of August, if you know you're not going to be able to pay your September payment or you're going to have trouble, that would be mm-hmm. the, now would be the time to talk to them. And then well, you know, there's a no- little... There's an old saying, Scott, I don't know exactly how it goes, but, you know, it's like if you owe the bank uh, $5,000 and you can't pay it back, you're in trouble. If you owe the bank $500,000 and you can't pay it back, they're in trouble. Um, And I just wondered, you know, I mean, in fact, so a person's going to get, or an independent business is going to get further ahead with restructuring terms because uh, nobody wants to get a done status on their credit report. We know that. Um, they just need to, you know, kind of suck it up and go down there and say, look, and I'm having, like Tom said, I'm having some issues here. I don't know that I can do that for the next four months or, you know, can we can we play, you know, do some modification? And you're saying banks are kind of open and receptive to that sort of scenario? Yeah, the bank would rather work with you than take back the collateral. Taking back the collateral hurts you. And it hurts us because we're not—we yeah. don't want the collateral back. So working, we 
you coming to us ahead of time and working with the bank, whether it's us, Bank of America, or TD Bank, and for the Canadian people, any bank like that, they would rather work with you ahead of time because we don't want your collateral back and we don't want you to fail. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What do you think, Josh? And, and at that point, Scott, the bank is going to take... Up. And, and and look and say, all right, how can we help this? I mean, would I ex- be expecting that the bank is going to take and perhaps say, we need to get someone in here to help you with this? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Like we would put someone in your business? You might help them. Saying, here, this is your, what your issue is. Uh, we've got an outside expert that we are going to suggest that you, you talk with this person. Are, are you in a, would a bank be in a position that they would help the business owner by helping them find someone who could say, let's analyze what the problem is and come up with a solution? I can't speak for every bank, but that's not something that we would do. We would want to work one-on-one with you and help, help you get through that situation. Because no one can run your business better than you. You know your business better than anybody. And then you have different people that you could reach out to, but we would just want to work with you. Okay, so um, what else in tonight's program of all the hour that we spent here, what have we not asked that we should be asked? I think any, any particular point that you need to say, make, that uh, so it's tomorrow you don't call me and say, Tom, you're supposed to ask me about this. I yeah. think you like, what's the one thing, the, the takeaway, the major takeaway you'd want our listeners to think about after they hang up? To build a relationship with your banker. And like I said, banks offer the same products and services. Build a relationship with the bank that you're with, and if you can't build one with that bank, find one you can. Oh. Yeah, sure. And you should be a good person and take your banker out to lunch. Right, Scott? Or, or, or Tom, the banker should be taking you out to lunch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or maybe, well, you just go, maybe you just go Dutch. <laughs> Make everybody happy. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, we, we, it's, it's a good working relationship. I, I think that's a, an important thing uh, that I would say. It's not a adversarial relationship. It's a we both work together. They make money only if you make money. If you're not making money, you're losing. They, as Scott says, they have to take back collateral. It's not going to work. They, whatever your business is, they don't want to own it. If you, if you are a company that, uh, say, does maintenance, lawn maintenance, or does hardscaping and landscaping, the bank doesn't want that equipment. Uh, and, you know, I, I think about the, the only way they get out of there is like Scott and I were talking in the pre-show area. Um, I don't know how it came to be, repossessed or whatever, but I remember one point in time, Scott called me and saying, hey, I know you always wanted to buy a vehicle, and I've got one here that the guy is having to turn back into us. Uh, I'm, I was pleased. I still own that vehicle. I've had it 18 years. I still own that same vehicle. But it's it's not one that Scott wanted to have to take back, and whether they had to go and repossess it or the person willingly came and handed it back into them, it's... They'd been much happier if the person had been able to just pay for the thing, as, as was prescribed. Well, you know, it's been an interesting evening, and it's all about money. 
And I think, Tom, at the end of this program, we'll be hearing that wonderful sound, won't we? That we will. So with that all being said, as it's uh, the last minute, let me take and say um, thanks to Scott Newberg of Regions Bank. Thanks for taking the time to come and be with us tonight. Uh, Scott is West Coast President, Vice President for Regions Bank. He's headquartered in Tampa. Scott's number, 813-226-1171. Email is scott.newberger, N-E-W-B-E-R-G-E-R, at regions.com. Scott, you know, I appreciate your friend. You know, I, I don't say these things just to puff you up on this one. You know, I really do appreciate the working relationship I have with you. Pleasure to be here tonight. Thanks, well, Adam. thanks for that. And Bill, thank you, sir, for coming and being on the program again tonight. Uh, and yes, uh, Scott, we always close with the sound of a th- our favorite little noise. So, everybody, thanks. Good night. See you in September. Pleasure. It's been our pleasure to share fresh ideas and trends from premier small business owners, coaches, and resources. Join Tom Shea and guests again next month for e-retailer conversations right here on PBN, the Profitable Business Network.